Hi there, and welcome to The Works. I'm Ben Shea. And I'm Ben Peltier. Later in the show, an exhibition of art from a financial firm, UBS. The company owns some 35,000 pieces in its offices around the world. And at the Art Center, until the end of the month, it's presenting highlights from its pop art collection. We'll be taking a nostalgic look back at Hong Kong 50 years ago through the photographs of photographer and film director Ho Fan. And musical styles from Asia, the Mediterranean, the Americas and Africa come together in the group Reorientate. They'll be in our studio later. First though, last Friday and Saturday, one of the world's great violinists was performing one of the world's best-loved violin pieces with the Hong Kong Philharmonic. She's Anne-Sophie Mutter and she was playing the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto. Your performance is here in Hong Kong this time. Mark, your debut with the Hong Kong Philharmonic Orchestra. What were the concerts like? Although I'm coming here since decades, literally, yes. uh, with recitals and also with visiting orchestras, but this is my first performance. And I choose a program which is rather adventuresome because it uh, consists also of an Asian premiere of Sebastian Carrier's uh, Time Machines, which is a piece, I think, written two years ago uh, for me. And I have premiered in uh, New York. It's also recorded. And it's, it's a fabulous, rather large piece uh, of seven movements dealing with time and how one can translate time into music. After touring the world for 35 years, is it unusual for you to have a debut with an ensemble? Well, there are still our orchestras I have never worked with. Like uh, recently, I was in Sydney for the first time. I avoided Australia altogether because with the Far East and America and South America and the many places in Europe one wants to visit on a regular base and having two children and being a single mother, uh, I had to and I have to, uh, you know, uh, carefully um, um, watch my time frame and how often I'm away for a long time. So Sydney was in March this year and now it's Hong Kong. It's not unusual, but of course more usual really is that I go back to the, the great orchestras with whom I'm concertizing since over 35 years. Is your preparation any different when getting a classic standard like the Mendelssohn ready for performance as opposed to the Sebastian Courier that nobody's heard before? Not really. You know, with the piece we have been all growing up and have listened to, um, like the Mendelssohn Concerto, it's even more difficult to find your own way, to find your own viewpoints because it's almost impossible to stay objective. And the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto has a very particular place in my life because as many young violinists, it was the first virtuosic concerto I was playing already at the age of 10 or 11. And somehow during the period from 10 to 20, I also recorded it with Herbert von Karajan and my teacher was never quite satisfied with my playing. So when I was in the beginning of 20s and I had my own life and, and our relationship uh, changed from teacher to really great friend, um, I decided not to play the piece anymore. I just had it, you know, always was not good enough. And then many years ago, Kurt Mazur for his 80th birthday, I mean a few years ago, he, um, his great wish as a birthday gift to him was that I would restudy the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto and eventually also play it with him. But coming back to your initial question, no, there is not really much difference. 
between studying a piece which has been there for hundreds of years and a new one, other than, of course, the new one very often is deciphering hieroglyphs and learning a totally new uh, musical language, which can be rather frustrating. But, you know, the stonier the path, the, the sweeter the fruits at the end. <laughs> Throughout your career, you've performed with the best conductors, the best orchestras, and paired with the best chamber musicians. What are some of the real highlights looking back at your career so far? Oh, gee, uh, I don't like to look back. Actually, you know, after the concert is before the concert. It's really very much an athlete's approach to things. Uh, of course, uh, most of the concerts which, uh, which I was lucky enough to play with myself over a period of 13 years until his death were really remarkable and, and there are many great moments I'm if needed I'm happy to look back into mostly actually related to premieres of contemporary pieces because somehow as a only player and not composer there is of course a lack of, uh, of real genuine creativity and being the muse of composers is as close as one can get in order to be you know creative. Of all the possible projects you haven't yet done, which ones do you find most exciting? Um, another premiere, <laughs> which hopefully will be in 2014, the Violin Concerto by Pierre Boulez, which I'm waiting for, I guess, about 20 years. And uh, I, I hope that uh, um, I will live long enough to <laughs> be able to play the premiere. Are you optimistic about the position in society of modern classical music? I remember times when I did my debut in America in uh, 1980 in New York. People would actually walk out of a Shostakovich or Prokofiev symphony. This is, of course, uh, unthinkable today. So uh, the open-mindedness uh, of the audience as well as the presenters has greatly grown. I'm rather optimistic because there always have been musicians like Guido Kremer, for example, and Yuri Bachschmidt, who have been ardent uh, fighters for uh, contemporary music, and uh, the young generation will take that on board. And, and the audience is, is rather, I have to say, once an uh, artist has his faithful audience, and that, of course, also helps contemporary music to, you know, have a good life. Vertical in Taiwan is an exhibition space on a staircase. Until the 16th of December, it's featuring a collection of photographs by veteran filmmaker and photographer Ho Fan. He's considered one of the most influential Asian photographers of his generation, and the exhibition captures many nostalgic images of Hong Kong half a century ago. I wanted to show a collection of work that very much represents him as an artist and by the time you finish the exhibition and go to by floor by floor and read all the information boards that you really have a good idea on what the artist did uh, work-wise and how which kind of work he created but also what he did later in life about his acting career and his movie career so you have a bit of a full picture. 
I basically created it not so much on when, when it was taken or where, but on when it was printed. So one floor has the very old vintage prints that are printed very close to the time that he shot them, so in the 50s or 60s, and they're print on fiber print that have a slightly yellowy tone to it. He's now 82, but he's still working, and he's still working with the old negatives, but his latest series is like putting two negatives or three negatives together, really holding up the light because he's an old-fashioned man. He doesn't like to work with computers. And when he finds an interesting composition, he will like put it down and help someone to digitalize and, and create like very surreal imagery. His love for patterns, uh, forms, texture is something that comes back very often. Lines, so you see a lot of very interesting images with, where he just focuses on tram lines. Like light and smoke because that kind of creates a lot of drama too. Or a lot of backlit images, which is a bit against the rules, but he really liked the drama that backlit effects would create. People were his main subject. That was, you see like people on a boat, people walking in the street, a small uh, kids playing in the street. He was much, much more interested in in um, society rather than making like a doc documentary type collection of what Hong Kong really looks like. Welcome back. The financial company UBS is one of the world's leading corporate collectors of art and has around 35,000 works of art decorating its offices around the world. Working with the Hong Kong Art Center, the company is currently showing some of those works in the exhibition Pop Sensation, charting the development of pop art from its origins in American consumer culture of the late 1950s. The exhibition chronicles the pop-up movements from the late 1950s until today and includes works by such significant artists as Andy Warhol and Roy Lichtenstein. It's a fantastic work from the, the highest point of, uh, of, of um, pop art that, that really, you know, if we consider 1962 to have been the moment when the, the um, uh, Andy Warhol first put his uh, Campbell soup cans onto a gallery wall and began what we understood to be the pure beginnings of pop art. Um, this work is from 1963. Um, it's um, uh, a work that's part of, of, of one of Lichtenstein's most defining early series of, of comic book works. Um, and uh, it, 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 I think, epitomizes his thesis, taking an image out of a comic book, out of something disposable and cheap. Two of the 33 pieces in the exhibition are by Chinese artist Xu Guowei. <笑>对对对因为这些东西全都是波普艺术的大师的作品啊包括那个李斯特恩斯坦啊然后很多我的东西放在这儿确实我觉得挺好的 she was born in 1977. His work expresses the ambivalent relationship of his generation to the history of China and Western and Chinese art. This is the Qinxi-shi-he-nian-shi-2009-year-old. And his 
玩嘲弄一下大师的作品吧啊，然后把瑞鹤图的那些仙鹤呀改成了这些飞的满天飞的鸡，然后结构从看跟那个构图是一样的，呃，其实说的是，就是当今可能当今的这些社会给我的当时的一些一些一些感觉吧，大家都要争什么东西啊。然后争相斗艳展示自己啊，啊，然后这件事情也就是在咱们中国嘛，这样当今的一个现状可能是这样。对。She's works combine traditional and modern photo processing techniques. Before digitally editing his work, he produces a monochrome version which he hand tints, a process from the early decades of photography. 我觉得人通过。毛笔通过蘸这个颜色往上面刷，更对我来说更有绘画感，这是非常重要的一个步骤。因为觉得这个我才是在创作，在绘画。如果纯拍摄，然后输出成一个片子成品，那没什么意思吧。One of the more recent pictures in the exhibition is Andreas Gursky's 2001 photograph, 99 cents. Curator Stephen Kubry says it's one of the most important pieces in the UBS entire collection. The company bought it from a gallery in New York in 1999. Buying from the primary market allows artists to benefit directly. Gursky's photographs aren't simply made by pointing a camera at a subject、uh, and then blowing it up to a, a large scale.、Um, they are、uh, this, the, the outcome from、uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of, of, of individual images taken and then composited on computers, adjusted. Where the images then could very heavily manipulated, and they are almost, for want of a better description, paintings done with with photographs, and and that is quite different from、uh, from most the history of photography. Is a、uh, one of the most、uh, valuable and important photographs in the world、uh, in the current market.、Um, is a, a a really great articulation of、uh, of of a, of a more contemporary view of consumerism. Coming up on the 15th and 16th of December in the West Kowloon Cultural District will be the Free Space Festival, which aims to prepare the public for the opening of the performance venue Free Space in 2015 and 16. It will include open-air music as well as other experimental performances. One of the musical groups performing there will be Reorientate, and they're here in the studio with us right now. And also, we have the organizer of the festival, Kung Chising and Dakai. Welcome to the program, guys. Nice to be here.、Uh, so, Kung, maybe I can start by asking you: Can yeah, you tell、sure. us about this Free Space Festival? Well, what is it about? Well,、um, going to be the kind of first major outdoor kind of festival organized by the West Kowloon Cultural District, and will take place like December 15th and 16th. And I think the door open at 12 noon time, and then.、Uh, The event will go on until like 10:30 at night, and I'm responsible for、uh, creating the the music program. So what I'm going to have is like、um, the music program start from one o'clock to all the way to the end, and so I have around 12 to 14 bands each day. So it'll be very exciting because the way I've chosen the bands is like they all play different style because I I, I want the concert to reflect the diversity of the city.、Mm. So it's nice to like invite all different. Uh, group together. Very nice, and I'm guessing,、uh, Dakai, your your group、uh, reorientate, mixture of flamenco, mixture of、uh, Eastern music, and many things. Can you tell us about your group? So the mission of reorientate really started out as 
an idea of letting people communicate across the traditional cultural, linguistic, national boundaries. And because I'm a flamenco musician, uh, the metaphor seemed kind of like a perfect one because the gypsies started out, you know, flamenco, Spanish flamenco is from the furthest reaches of Western Europe. But what people often don't realize is that the gypsies from which flamenco emerged started out in this part of the world, in what is today northern India, sandwiched between western China and eastern Pakistan. Sounds pretty uh, interesting. And, uh, well, you know, for people interested in seeing your band and going to the festival, is there somewhere they can get web uh, tickets? Oh, yes, there's a free event, but so we need kind of registration, and you can do the registration online. Just go to the West Current Cultural District website, mm -hmm. and I think it started tomorrow. Okay, great. Um, and lastly, Dakai, can you tell us about the song that you'll be playing for us tonight? We're going to do uh, a mix of two songs. Uh, the final song is Reorientate. It's our title track. Uh, but just before that, we're going to start with uh, a trilingual song in English, Hindi, and Spanish. Uh, it's called The Cuckoo Says. Yeah. 